Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on. Thanks for reaching out. Like, it really means a lot when anyone, like, gives a shit and wants to be a part of one of these. Absolutely, man. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm always looking for um, – are, are we recording yet? Uh, yeah, I just use it like – this is just be like the B-roll before the episode starts. Okay, okay, yeah. So I have a podcast myself where I – and I've, I've been podcasting for um, almost eight years now, like seven and a half years. Oh, and wow. I think that, like – yeah, yeah. I just think that podcasting and like this kind of stuff is just as important as like it's it's all about the bigger picture and like right. you know it's all like this stuff is just as important like as the music. You know what I mean? It's it's just it's the exact same. It's like you know it works hand in hand. So um, yeah, I, and it's super. I love podcasting, so I <laughs> you know I'm always down to do it. and I love to talk, so you know. You reel me in if I'm like getting it too far away off top. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll, I'll do my best. up everyone welcome back to another episode of beers with bands uh this week i'm sitting down with wes hoffman uh singer songwriter lead uh vocalist for the band wes hoffman and friends based out of st louis missouri uh how are you doing i'm good michael how are you man i'm doing great it's a fine monday i didn't have to work today because it's a holiday so it's, it Me makes neither. it better <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> no dude thanks so much for having me this is super cool I can tell you and I are going to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy for that. I'm stoked. Uh, for people that might not be aware of Wes Hoffman and Friends, uh, you guys are like a pop punk, little punk rock mixed in there. Um, like what I was trying to pinpoint, I would almost say like like that mid-2000s like pop punk, like when like early real friends – forever came calling like i feel like you guys fit really good in that vein uh if if anyone's listening and is into that like era like these guys are should be on your radar for sure thanks man no uh yeah we haven't gotten that yet um that like real friends or forever came calling but i love um i love both of those bands um that forever came calling record that has uh sitting in the car again <laughs> Like, oh my god, yeah. That is such a killer album. Like, I mean, that is just like oh, dude. banger after banger. Yeah, they put out solid hits, and I'm so stoked that uh, I'm actually... So they're doing the 10-year Contender uh, show in October at Chain Reaction, and I actually bought tickets, so I'm going to fly out for it, which I'm super stoked for. 
So where are you located? Uh, I'm in Minneapolis. Oh, okay, sweet, sweet. Okay, cool, awesome. Yeah, yeah I was. Um, I saw that they were doing that. I'm looking up their um, <laughs> their Spotify page right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I I I'm a big fan. I got to see them. Okay, so I'm not familiar with Contender. I hadn't listened to that, but I. Um, what matters most is the name of the album. No, 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 not that one. Um, what's the album with Indebted on? That sounds right. Yeah. If you if you aren't familiar with Contender, it's probably What Matters Most. It's it's What Matters Most. Yeah, that's the one that I'm that I was like, and when uh, I got to see them play in Dallas at So What Music Fest in 2016, I want to say, and they were fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, they they've always been sick every time I've seen them. Um, like the first time I saw them. It was like a little VFW hall. It was like this really sick tour that they did with, uh, it was Real Friends. Uh, oh shit, I'm going to blank. Real Friends, Forever Came Calling. Uh, yeah, I'm blanking on the other two, but it was like a stacked like mid-2000s, like just pop punk, just like they were all showed up in their vans, like not like a giant tour. It was so sick. Yeah, that's awesome, man. No, thank you. I mean, both of those bands I really, I really like a lot. So that's like a huge compliment. I appreciate that well you're welcome uh for people that <laughs> might not be aware and i always like to get like a, a backstory for bands to like what what sparked the idea to start west hoffman and friends and like what led to like the lineup that you have now yeah man <clears throat> that's a great question so i mean i i had and i'll give you kind of abbreviated version like um <clears throat> i had played music in the st louis music scene in like the early 2000s like 2001 2003 to like probably 2000 to 2006 and um then i kind of stopped for a little while and um you know over time like i i, I ended up in like 2015 i picked up a guitar again and i started playing music in a different band and then um you know that band kind of fizzled out a little bit and i was like well i still want to make just really good um, like MXPX is one of my favorite bands and like like that kind of that um that late 90s uh you know MXPX less than Jake kind of sound is is what I was really into growing up and so I was like I really just want to make pop punk music for fun again and uh, um so I started uh a friend of mine around that same time it was all just kind of like a magical coincidence around that same time our drummer um, his name is Hez. He reached out to me and was like, Hey, do you want to come over to my house and record a song? And I was like, yeah, sure. And that kind of like sparked the, um, you know, this project, just like the Wes Hoffman and friends project. Um, you know, at first it was just Wes Hoffman and I was calling it Wes Hoffman positive punk for a while. Um, but you know, it's kind of evolved over, over the last few years. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I was just really excited to kind of get back into, um, after spending a lot of time not playing music at all, like, hey, I want to get back into this. I really enjoy it. I put it on the back burner and I really want to get back out there and, and start writing songs and really playing shows again. And it's something that I enjoy. You know, um, I really love writing music. I love playing it for people. Um, you know, I love kind of giving something that I created to somebody and being like, hey, what do you think about this? You know, um, and seeing what their reaction is. Um, but also, I mean, I just really enjoy doing it. You know, if, if somebody doesn't like it, that's fine. You know, I just really enjoy playing music and writing and, um, you know, everybody in my band, we're all really good friends. So 
it really is like West Hoffman to friends. And that's something that I really enjoy as well as just the camaraderie of being in a band with somebody. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that hit it. Uh, and then it's it's like interesting too, because like when I first heard like, oh, I have this band, it's called West Hoffman and Friends. I thought it was just like, oh, you just have like a rotating membership of like your friends that help play. But it's nice that it's like the same solid lineup so you're always getting that like same solid sound every time if that makes any sense absolutely absolutely yeah so it is the same um you know we've had the same core group of people pretty much since the beginning and then we added a um our guitarist johnny about a year and a half ago it's probably been two years now um that he's been a part of it so um but the thing about having it be wes hoffman and friends is um if you notice on our ep we had um uh, a friend of ours, Emily Plamondon, um, she has a, a podcast, you know, so we're going to start bringing in people like that as well, you know, and when we play live, um, we're, we're going to be bringing up different people from St. Louis as well to kind of like, you know, sing on different parts or maybe play keyboards or add something different to the music. So it's always going to be the same group of people, but we want to pull people you know um other friends from different places into this project too every once in a while so uh we just recorded an acoustic song and um i guess this will be the first time that i'll say it is uh we (coughs) as i cough up a lung (laughs) first um (laughs) we just recorded um a couple acoustic versions of our songs and we had i don't know if you've heard of this person but the punk cellist are you familiar with uh the punk cellist uh it's this this guy he plays cello and he's from the east coast and he's played like at some festivals he's done a bunch of covers on social media and stuff like that and uh he plays cello so um he added cello to one of our songs and it sounds absolutely incredible um you know so big shout out to punk cellist on that one (laughs) dude that's fucking awesome that's gonna sound so sick like did you was it more just like a let's see if we can get this pulled off type deal and just real reach out or did you kind of know them ahead of time to like bridge that gap to bring them in uh yeah like i had um so with the with our song for what it's worth i knew that i wanted to have somebody do guest vocals on that song and i had a couple people in mind um and i had met emily she had been on one of my podcasts and and you know she had she's always kind of involved in doing different color covers on um, you know, through social media and singing in other people's songs and stuff like that. So she was one that I had in mind. And then with the punk cellist, um, it was kind of random. It was like, uh, you know, we, I had, it actually just happened like a week ago. Um, we went into the studio to record some songs for like a new album. And I was like, you know, some of the songs were pretty short. Like one track was only a minute and a half. Another song was two and a half minutes. And then we had some, one that was like clocked in around like four minutes. So I knew we were going to have extra time. Uh, and I was like, well, why don't we do some acoustic versions of like a couple of our songs off of the EP and we can kind of put that out. I think people like acoustic versions of yeah. songs. So, um, you know, on one of the songs I was like, oh man, this would be great to put cello on. And I had seen um, the punk cellist on, on social media. He's pretty active and has a pretty good following. And I was like, I, I wonder if we could get him to do it. And literally within a week, you know, I sent him the files, he put it, uh, recorded his parts and sent him over like yesterday. So our, uh, I think it was actually Saturday and 
it sounds amazing. So it all kind of came together really fast and really quickly and really easily. So, um, and that was one that we didn't, you know, it just kind of came together. It didn't really put too much thought into it, <laughs> but it turned out really well. So, no, yeah, like I said, that that's gonna be awesome because, like you mentioned, like people like to hear the acoustic versions of songs, and it's always nice when people do an acoustic version, but then they like pepper in different elements that you don't normally you wouldn't normally hear in the actual song so like having the cellist play on that like it's gonna be so sick i'm stoked on that yeah yeah i'll send you uh i'll send you a dropbox like dropbox <laughs> dropbox link to it um Hell yeah. Afterwards. uh yeah so you can take a listen to it <laughs> fuck yeah dude uh but speaking of this ep that we keep mentioning uh it is basically your debut ep i would say right yeah, I mean, we had a couple of demos and a couple of songs that we put out prior to this, but this is like our debut. This is our first EP for sure. Okay, uh, and it's called "Rewrite the Story." Uh, I mean, it's been out at this point of our recording. It hasn't even been out a full month yet. No, not not yeah. Uh, so it's really new. Yeah, it's still it's still fresh. It's still out there. What's been like the feedback that you're getting on it so far? I've been getting really good feedback from it. Um, you know like I said, most of the songs we put out as singles, like prior to this, but it's, it's been really cool to kind of see, you know, when I look at my Spotify numbers, like we've been getting more streams because I think people are going to the EP and listening to it all the way through now, um, as opposed to a single where you maybe listen to it one time, you know? Right. So, um, you know, we've, we've been getting good response where we have an EP release come uh, show coming up on March 5th. Um, I'm not sure when this will come out, um, but if it comes out before that, it's March 5th at Off-Broadway. If it comes out after that, it's already happened. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, but we do, we are getting cassettes made uh, for oh, this nice. EP. Yeah, so it's going to have, you know, the same songs on both sides. Um, but we, we partnered with a label here in St. Louis called The Record Label. And uh, then another place in canada called wrecking crew records and they do a lot of like hardcore and heavier music they have a couple punk bands but um you know we partner with both of them and we're doing like three different color cassettes oh that's dope so, yeah yeah so if you want to get one from us you know you can get you can go to our Bandcamp page or come to one of our shows um and then the record both of the record labels like the record label and wrecking crew both have different colors too so if you want one over the other, you know, you can get, you can buy all three or you can just, you know, buy one of them. So <laughs> oh, what, what colors are you doing and who has which color? So my, uh, the band is going to have, I think it's called silver Sonic. Um, it's like a silver sparkly cassette and then okay. wrecking crew has like a kind of a, a black one that w that'll look really cool with the label and like the artwork and everything. And then, uh, the record label, they haven't told me yet what variant they're they're that they're picked. He, he said that it has to. It's gonna be a surprise, and I've I've asked him like multiple times now if he would tell me, and I actually just saw him today, and he was like, "No, I'm not telling you until like the tapes show up." So, but I I thought that was a really cool idea. You know, um, uh, we're working with these two labels, and I thought it was kind of neat that each label and each. And, and the band gets our own little variant to have and then maybe you know if, if people like one over the other like they can I, I don't it doesn't matter to me where they buy it you know what I mean right. like just pick one up and um but if you like one variant over the other then 
you know, pick that. So uh, I, I don't know if he's got like neon pink with glitter, <laughs> like that would actually be kind of cool. Right. Like, yeah. We'd be down with that. But <laughs> no, that's awesome. Cause like, I mean, a lot of bands and I think I, I, I think I talked to someone about this too. It's like a lot of bands still wanting to do vinyl, but with vinyl being so backed up, we were kind of surprised that not a lot of people have been like trying to jump back on the cassette, uh, like wagon. Um, like there's a few bands that still put out cassettes, but you figure like with just how behind everything is vinyl wise that everyone would have kind of switched over to a new medium that's still like slightly outdated, but it's also coming back type deal. So sure. Sure. I, I think tapes are really cool. Um, I have a tape, like I, I buy, I buy tapes and CDs from bands that I like, you know, because mm -hmm. I want to support the band. And I think that, you know, a, a cassette, it's like, do you really, you know, somebody might say, hey, I'm going to go pop this into my tape player, like, and listen to it. I think people listen to vinyl more than they listen to anything else. Like the whole experience of like taking a vinyl out of its sleeve and like putting it on a record and like record player and playing it and like sitting down and intentionally listening to it is is much more of a ritual for people and a sacred ritual than like popping a cassette or a yeah. CD into a CD player. But I also think like just having a little physical piece of your music like is a really cool thing to just like people want that on your merch table. Like oh, yeah. it's it's gotta be like the centerpiece that's the thing that's like it's affordable, it's not too expensive, but it's also not too cheap. Like it's and it's the thing that like, hey, this is our music. Like, please buy this. Like, you know, before you buy a t-shirt or anything else, like, you know, or if you want to buy a t-shirt, just a t-shirt, that's cool too. But like, <laughs> I'm always looking when I go to shows, I'm like, oh, what music do they have? Like they have a CD. And even though I may never put that CD in my CD player, I still want to buy it like just to support them, you know? Right. Like perfect example, um, Neck Deep. I say you have the Neck Deep shirt on, like, um, when their when their most recent album came out, um, Sonderland, I I was like, okay, I know I, I don't think I've ever opened the CD, but I pre-ordered it. I pre-ordered their album um, w with a CD and a hoodie, and the, and it was like you know I think it was like fifty to sixty bucks like for the hoodie and the CD together. But mm -hmm. like I just wanted to support them because I love that band. Right. Yeah, because I mean like yeah, it's all about having that tangible whether like you said whether you open it or not it's just means something else to have a tangible physical copy in your hands that's like somewhat accessible you could be like i could pop this in my cd player and i have this and it supported them and i'm here for them like yeah yeah i totally agree i totally agree it's it, and it's like you know you can do that you you can also like buy something off bandcamp or itunes but to have to actually own it and be like, I have a copy, like mm -hmm. a physical, I think people still, it, even though we live in a really digital age, like people still want that tangible physical thing. That's like, yeah. I have this copy, you know? <laughs> so. No, I totally get that. Cause like in like the past year and a half, I've gotten really big into vinyl. So like now that's like my medium. I'm like, I want to support this band. I'm going to spend this much money and get this and this, physical form because one it, it's sweet and it, like you said it is a whole ritual to like take the time to pull it out of the sleeve set it down you know get it going 
and just kind of sit back and relax and listen to it. Um, but it, at the end of the day, it's also like you're supporting the artist that you enjoy and making sure that they are still able to, you know, produce that same music and content tenfold. So, absolutely, absolutely. Um, now, that is dope that you're doing the 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 cassettes. Um, I, like, I'm so stoked to see, especially what that that mystery color is going to be, because <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting for it now. Um, yeah, I have no idea what he what he did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, like I mentioned, especially before we started recording, and well, before we started. Uh, but like this, this EP is super solid it, for people that haven't checked it out. It's a it's a nice little five song EP. Um, gets you right in the heartstrings because and then you have the angstiness with it. It's a it's like a typical good old fashioned pop punk pop, uh, punk rock record you got the the oos in there uh, yeah. i picked up on those uh it's killing it um for someone that might not have listened to this record yet what is something that they can't expect or should expect from this record Whew. um that they okay that they i think you know if if i was talking to somebody on the street that and say hey you know, I would love for you to listen to my my record or my EP. And they were like, well, what does it sound like? And I was like, hey, you know, what what we've kind of, this is kind of what our, our guitar player, Johnny, kind of boiled it down. Because we were talking about our, our music and our sound. And he was like, if you think about the song, What's Left of Me, which was the first single that we released off this, we did a video with and everything. He's like, it has that fast punk beat. It's got catchy guitars. It's got a good vocal hook in in the, in the chorus. And it has a sick breakdown, like towards you know towards the end. And I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, that's kind of the like what I love in every song that I write is I like to have, you know, a driving beat. You know, that one specifically has that like double time. Um, but you know, I like to have a driving beat, and I like to have good guitar hooks and and catchy vocal melodies. And you know, we do a lot of background vocals and stuff, and that makes for a lot of fun live. Um, everybody in our band sings. So, uh, you know, when we go up, when you hear the background vocals in the songs like recorded, uh, that's pretty much exactly how you're going to hear it on the stage. But it, it sounds about 10 times bigger because when you have, you know, four people singing at the same time, <laughs> as opposed to one on the recording, it sounds, right. it just sounds like, uh, it just sounds really big and really cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I, what I would tell people. And, um, I think a lot of people weren't expecting the songs to be like as catchy as they are. Like I'm really a big, um, I'm really big on catchy melodies. Like I would want you to hear the song one time through and know the lyrics and the melody to the chorus, you know? So like, what's left of me? Though I had my doubts, I found my way out. Like if maybe you didn't remember the words, you would remember that. Oh, it's that one that's like, da, 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 you know, that you would at least like have it stuck in your head some way. Um, right. So, so then when people come to our shows, it's not like um, foreign to them that even, even as they're listening, as, as if they're maybe hearing it for the first time at a show that, that maybe they could chime in on the last chorus because it was that catchy, you know? So I want it to be the type of things that not only, um, I like, but that also something that is going to stay in people's heads, you know, because that's what's always attracted me to music songs that I can always 
like recall really easily because they had catchy melodies. Those are the songs that I like the most. Yeah. And I, I do got to say, like I told you, I listened to it a lot today leading up to this, this, uh, our sit down, our, our interview. And like by the second, not, yeah, at least by the second listen, like I was already kept picking up on like, and finding myself like singing along to those choruses. Like they're catchy. They get you, they get stuck in your head and they work perfect. So you're, I mean, you're hitting that target just like you want. Oh, thank you, brother. That means a lot. Yeah, like these songs are seriously so good, and like uh, I'm I, like I'm stoked on this CP coming out. But I mean, I, as as like a listener and as like doing my job, I do gotta ask. Like the ZP just came out, and I don't want to brush you, but you did say you're in the in the studio doing some other things, recording these acoustic songs, doing some other uh, work. But like, what's next for Wes Hoffman and Friends musically? Like what's yeah. the next thing that's coming out? So the next thing that coming that's coming out is not going to be a full length. Um, where the next thing that we're going to do is is um, that's going to be released is it's going to be called Around the Campfire Volume One, okay. and it's going to be like two songs off of that EP that are all done acoustically, and it kind of almost sounds like we're um, you know all the guys sing on it, they all do backup vocals. Johnny played guitar on it, and um, you know, it's going to be two songs that are basically stripped down acoustic, uh, one with the punk cellist, like I mentioned, and the other without. But um, that's going to be the next thing that we release to kind of just give a little bit of a different um, feel for our band. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And that'll I, I, I want to say that that will be out. Um, if you're listening to this now, it'll probably be either be out by April 1st or it'll be like almost out. So, OK, so, um, yeah. Yeah, it, like right around when uh, I, I should have mentioned this earlier. Uh, I think I sent it to you in the email. Uh, this episode will be out like April eighth. So okay, if you're on it, that schedule, then these songs should already hopefully be out, and you should go listen to them right after this episode. It may or may not be out. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> but but yeah, um, you know that's the next thing that we're doing, and we also like I think after every release that we do. We're gonna do, you know, so we're gonna do two songs off this EP, and I think after our full-length album comes out, we'll maybe do like anywhere from three to five songs acoustically on the next like version, you know. So every time we put out a, an album, we'll follow it up with like, okay, here's some like different versions of these songs. Like here's okay. what they here's what they maybe sound like acoustic, and maybe we'll throw in a cover on, you know, on those or or something like that. But um, that was just something that we kind of came up with together. I was like, oh man, well, some of these songs sound really good acoustic. And, um, you know, some people, not everybody's into punk. Like not everybody likes their music loud. You know, some people are way more interested in just that softer acoustic sound. So um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. I like, I, I've, I've been more excited about these acoustic songs than I have like the new songs that we're like putting out for like that we've been recording for our new records. So. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Like, like I said, I'm stoked to hear it, especially with like the punk chalice being in it, but it's always nice. Like we, we mentioned like to hear a song, not how it was originally intended to be listened to because it's going to be like a stripped down version acoustic. So it's going to be kind of like a new whole experience to listen to that song and get a whole other vibe to it. So it's going to be Absolutely. sick. Absolutely. Yeah. That's totally what we were going for. Yeah. So, I'm stoked. Uh, hopefully those are out by around this time the episode this comes out. If not, pay attention to socials because I'm sure I'll be posting about it 
and leading you right back to this fine man's page to go listen to it all. Yes! <laughs> uh, one thing I did want to bring up, and we kind of mentioned it already, uh, you do have your own podcast out there uh, for people that are... I mean, one's pertaining specifically 314 Punk is yeah. the St. Louis area, just like talking with other punk musicians. Um, and then you also have Wes Hoffman with friends. Uh, that is... Uh, I mean, what... what, what uh, how do I want to word this? That one's more like talking to just other musicians throughout the, the global scene compared to just the local scene, I would say, right? Yeah. yeah, so I've kind of put Wes Hoffman with friends on like hiatus for a minute just because I I started this 314 punk thing and that's like taken off a little bit more. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, with Wes Hoffman with friends, I was focusing more on um, musicians and bands it, but also like um, kind of getting into more of like self-improvement and self-help and okay. mindfulness and that type of thing, um, motivation. So, um, you know, I was kind of talking to a broad group of people with that. And with uh, one thing that I think is interesting is like the more kind of zoomed in you can get and the more specialized you can get, the more people kind of grow in affinity, like the more niche you get with it. like you know, you kind of find that you would think, oh, well, the more niche you get, the smaller you get. It's like, no, there's actually like a decent amount of people wanting to to hear about what's happening in the punk rock scene in St. Louis, you know? Right. Um, and there and there was definitely a need there. So uh, I've, I've really enjoyed doing that. You know, we have a great scene here in St. Louis. Um, just a lot of people don't know about it. And it's not something that we're necessarily known for yet. Yeah. Um, but I, I do feel like we're, gonna, we're getting to the point where, um, you know, and, and it's one of those things, like when I was younger, 20 years ago, it was also really thriving. And then in the middle, it kind of like died down a little bit. And now it's back and it's thriving again. And there's people like me who are out there playing music and people my age, um, but also younger. There's a lot of younger bands that are starting up. So I really wanted to kind of just shine a light on, um, you know, not only for like, of course, for other bands in St. Louis, but like I also didn't have an outlet to kind of like tell people in St. Louis about my music either. So, it, you know, I'm a part of the scene. I wanted it, I wanted that for myself as well. I'm like, okay, not only if I want this for me and I'm a band in St. Louis, then I'm sure the other bands would be like, oh yeah, we need this. You know, right. they're probably feeling the same way as me. They're probably like, they probably had the same question in their mind about like, how could I get my, the word out about what I'm doing, whether it's a show or, a, an EP release or a single release or an album release, how can I get this out to more people in St. Louis? Um, so that's what I'm really trying to do with, with that is just kind of shine a light on, uh, you know, the awesomeness, the awesomeness that's happening here in STL, baby. <laughs> well, if you're in the St. Louis area, be sure to tune into that podcast and see what else is going on on a more localized level. Cause like, that's, that's always awesome to do, especially like, I know I had some buddies out in Colorado. They kind of did the same thing with, like, their area. But, I mean, you don't see a lot of... I, there is a few up here in Minneapolis, so I don't want to, like, like not shine a light on them. But, like, you don't see it in a lot of cities with a lot of, like, different, like, scenes doing something that's, like, promoting the scene within itself. Um, like, I, like, I'm originally from the Iowa City area, the Quad Cities, like, eastern Iowa. But, like, okay. I can't think of anything back home that was focusing on just that specific scene so it's nice that you're saw that initiative 
and you took the step and and did it. I mean, especially with I think you said what eight years of podcasting, uh, yeah, under your belt. So that's insane. So so yeah, we used to I used to do this podcast called The Strange House, and um, and we used to talk to bigger bands. We talked to like I don't know why the, the first one of the first ones that comes to my mind is Hawthorne Heights, Story of the Year, um, Bowling for Soup, MXPX. Uh, we talked to uh, Stefan Edgerton from The Descendants. Like we talked to a oh, ton of 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 like. Uh, you know, pretty less than Jake. Like, you know, we talked to a ton of, of uh, like well-known established bands. And so um, it kind of, you know, once I, I first started the page and I was like, even if it was just an Instagram page where like we just shared what shows were happening and what bands featured bands like in the area, that would be enough, you know, but I really enjoy podcasting and I really enjoy having conversations with people. And I feel like that in that way, you really get to connect with someone like, all of those people that I mentioned, um, real friends is another one, you know, um, like I've, I've made, um, because I podcasted with them and sat down and talked to them for 45 minutes or an hour, like, you know, you develop a relationship with somebody and it, it's, it's different than just like a radio interview where it's really professional. It's like, okay, Hey, so what are you, what's, what's going on with you? Oh, we have a new album out. Oh, we're on tour right now. Oh, Hey, come out to the show. All right, great. We'll see you. Like, you know, right those types i much rather prefer and i think a lot of people prefer the format that like you have going on where it's like hey you have a conversation with people and and really get to know them and connect with them and kind of share more behind who they are as people and and why they're doing what they're doing um you know it, it helps you kind of grow a little bit more of an affinity for those bands you know and all of those bands that i mentioned any band that i've ever had on the podcast like my my love for that band like went up like times a oh, thousand. Yeah. No, but that's awesome because like one you were doing it at the time where like podcasting was like podcasting is huge now, but like eight years ago podcasting I don't feel like was that big of a thing. No, yeah, and like to do it then and then be able to get all those bands to come on on a medium that sure like like they're not fully familiar with is great to do that and then just like how you mentioned getting to sit down with someone and like, I don't, I don't want to put this, like I got tired of like all like the radio style interviews where it's just like, I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to answer. We're going to go to the next thing. And we're just going to do that the entire time. Um, that's why like, I'm cool with tangents on my podcast. Like I I've sat back before and let like three of the members of a, of a band just like tangent off and have a whole conversation mainly because it's giving the listener and especially their fans like a whole nother insight into that band that they might not have known. So it's kind of cool to give that, that whole other feel to it. Absolutely. I totally agree. Like, I, I think it's, uh, you know, back in the day, I, I'm going to refer to MXPX again. Like they had a, they had a video that you, it was like a one hour video and it had some music videos on it and you could buy it. You know, it was a video cassette that you put in your VCR. Like, this is even pre-DVD, you know. Like, <laughs> this is probably like 1999 or 2000. And, like, you know, you, you would get this kind of behind the scenes. There were, like, some interviews, but there was also just some B-roll of, like, them hanging out, like, in their van and, and, like, in the studio and stuff like that. And now, like, that was such an exclusive piece of content. It was like, oh... I'm only going to see this if I have a copy of this video. Like it wasn't right. on the internet. I'm sure it is now, but like, you know, it, it's one of those things that, that 
I feel like now we have the ability to do this all the time with podcasts and with video, like, you know, I mean, in YouTube and stuff like that, like we have the ability to go so much deeper. And I feel like it, as a musician, it helps because people want to know the story behind who you are and, and what it is that you're doing. And they, what they kind of want to develop, like, I love when I have a relationship with the band's music, like, of course, MXPX again, like, there's, there's such a personal band to me. Like, you know, th like I have a relationship with that music. I started listening to them when I was like 12 or 13 years old. You know what I mean? So like they've, that music has been a part of my life for like 30 years. It's been, you know, it's been a really big deal. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that that's kind of what, where we're, it's so, back then it was so exclusive and now it's like so accessible, you know yeah. what I mean? But I think it's really important. I think every band, you know, if you get a chance to do a podcast, like, and share a little bit about who you are and like, you know, why you're doing what it is that you're doing, um, it gives people a deeper look into like beyond the music, you know? Yeah, dude, 100%. And I know how you mentioned, like, you fall in love with the people's music even more. Like everyone I've sat down with in the, I think we're thinking August will be three years that I've been doing this podcast. Nice. Um, like everyone I sit down with is so amazing, so nice, and like just like I always listen to their stuff. And you like well, the listeners, if you're a repeat listener, you already know. Like I always tell people, like, dude, this shit was tight. Like I loved your, your music, and it sounds like I'm just repeating it every episode just to like boost their ego. But it's more like, hey, like you one, you took the time to sit down with me, and I've jammed your stuff, and your stuff is actually really good, and. I just have the same like phrases to go to all the time when I talk about things, but like I genuinely enjoy everyone's music that comes on and then just getting to like sit down and like have a good conversation, like just makes me appreciate all that shit more. So when I listen to it later, I'm like, man, I hope they're doing okay. Like, like with everything going on, like this shit is still like so good. And like, you just <laughs> grow that more camaraderie. I want to say almost Absolutely. with that absolutely yeah and i mean and and it's it's cool for you like you know like when when you put this episode out i'm gonna share it you know i'm gonna share it on my on my instagram like you're gonna share it on yours you kind of like get to trade audiences a little bit you right. know and and that's helpful like you know i i have there's people who um know my music who don't know your podcast and there's people who who know your podcast that don't know my music it's just like it's the perfect it's like playing a show together yeah exactly <laughs> Are you are you a musician as well? Uh, so I never played anything. I was always more behind the scenes. Uh, so I used to, uh, I went to high school with these dudes that were in a band called Exit Emergency uh, from okay. Eastern Iowa. And then we, I did like, I was basically tour dad. So drove the oh, band, nice. sold merch, uh, made sure we got there on time, just kind of TM'd. Um, and then in our local scene like i would kind of book some shows and just kind of do all the behind the scenes stuff so i never really as much as i wanted to learn an instrument i never did so i kind of just stayed in the scene with everything else though well and dude like i was telling you before like i think all that stuff is just as important as the music you know if if you don't have a tour dad like or if somebody in the band isn't gonna act like as if they're the tour dad you know what i mean like right that's just as important you know you need somebody to, to sell merch and like keep you on track and kind of manage the tour and and you know like book shows and stuff like that that's all a big part of it too and um it's just as it's 
you know, there's no one part of this, of, of the music scene that's like more important than the other. Like I, that's the way I like to look at it. Like promoting your music is just as important as writing or recording or performing your music, you know? And that, that's kind of, that's just my, my ethos behind it. It's like, I'm going to put just as much, if not more time, you know, actually I put a lot of energy into all of it. Like I, 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 I write and record all the time and we practice a lot and, you know, um, I'm always demoing stuff out, but like, I'm always really big on like promoting my music too. If you're, if you just create, if you, you can create the most amazing album and, and if you're not willing to really push it and put it out there and try to get people to listen to it, then for me, I'm like, what's the point? You know, I'm too old to not want to get people to listen to this. Like, right. <laughs> I'm kind of past the point. I don't like every band, you know, and I'm kind of past the point of like, well, so-and-so might not like this. Okay, well, then they just don't listen to it again. Like, yeah. you know, I don't like everything that they like, you know? <laughs> no, yeah, it's 100%. Like, you don't have to listen to everything. Like, there's plenty of stuff that I, I've jammed a couple times, and I'm like, it's not it's not my thing. But, like, it's someone else's thing, and is that's perfectly fine. Yeah, and there could be millions of people out there that like it. Yeah. And, and you just don't, you know, there's, everybody has that one band that they're like, Oh man, I just can't get into it. Like, right. I know, I know a lot of people like them, but, or, or there's this one band that's like, like, um, you know, what comes to my mind is like, imagine dragons or like Kings of Leon or something like that, a band, like a rock band. That's just like huge. And then I'm like, yeah, I get it. A lot of people like them. They sold a shit ton of records. Like I just can't get into them. You know what I yeah. mean? No, I totally get that. It doesn't mean that they're even a bad band or that they're bad at what they do. They're actually really good at what they do. I just personally, it's it's not something that I turn on my Spotify to, you know? Yeah, uh, no, I completely feel you because, I mean, like, yeah, everyone hates on those two bands, but it's also like some, like, you might hate on them, but, like, there's millions of people that are still listening to them. They must be doing something right, you know? Right. Like, yeah. even a band like Nickelback that I feel like is, like, the butt of so many jokes, it's like, I don't like them. I, 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 if I never went my entire life without ever hearing a Nickelback song ever again in my life, like, you know, I don't, I haven't heard a Nickelback song in years, so, like, I doubt it would change. If I do, it's on, like, some meme or something like that, like... It's it's always <laughs> ironic when it when it comes on. <laughs> yeah, like, but there's but if Nickelback comes to St. Louis, it will sell out the biggest venue possible because there are a ton of people that like them, and that's okay. Like, yeah. Uh, but they're really not that good. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I so mean, it is, is Nickelback. It's yeah. just, like, the cheesy, like, hard rock. So, about, like, oh, it's been, like, maybe four or five years now. It, it, so, like, I'm, I'm originally from, like, a small town of, like, 3,000 people, if that, maybe a little bit more. But me and my buddy, uh, who is the lead singer of Eggs Emergency, Brian, who started the podcast with me, um, we were like, oh, it's St. Patty's Day. Like, the local bar is going to have specials. We have nothing going on. Let's just go there and get tanked. Well, it turns out, <laughs> well, like they ended up having karaoke going on that night too. So he was like, he got drunk, obviously, and he was like, I'm gonna sing "Photograph" by Nickelback because when he would get when he gets like 
to that point he will do like a Chad Kroger like impression that's just like really funny but he was when he said that he was going to do the entire song I was like I don't know if you can pull it off for like the three minutes that it actually is going to take for this song and there's a video on like one of my old phones and he does it and it's just like everyone in there is just like what the fuck is going on because he's just over accentuating like look at this photograph like the entire time it's just hilarious so I dude that is hilarious um I love it um I went and sang karaoke on Saturday night. Me and my girlfriend went to this uh, brewery here in town, and they had a karaoke going. And um, I sang, I sang "Closing Time," you know, "Closing Time." <laughs> oh, and that was it was fun, you know, it was whatever. But I usually either do something like that or um, "Follow You Down" by Jim Blossoms is one of my favorites to sing karaoke to. Um, or, uh, you know, I'm an eighties baby. So I love, if I can find, um, somebody that will duet, uh, the dirty dancing thing, I <laughs> the time of my life <laughs> and I've never felt oh, yeah. if I can find a lady to do that with me, it's like, I I'm like in heaven, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went to Boston. I was on a business trip, like. This, this was literally like 10 or 11 years ago. I was on a business trip to Boston. I was at this bar, like just up the road from my hotel. And there was this like lady there and she, her name was Linda. And she was like, uh, you know, I was just sitting at the bar having dinner, having a beer and there was karaoke happening. And she was like, you know, karaoke is really important to me. Like I've, I've come here during like my separation and divorce. And like, I've, I've, this is what I did every Thursday night. So I came here and like, you know, sang karaoke and it's like what we got me through. And I met a really, a lot of cool people through coming here. And so it was really awesome. And I was like, towards the end of the night, you know, after a couple more drinks, I was like, will you please go sing time of your life with me? Like, uh, and I'm not gonna lie. There was a lot of people there. Like there was a lot of people for karaoke there that night. And uh, yeah, me and Linda from Boston, we, uh, we sang time of my life together she did it i had to ask her like multiple times she was really resistant to it at first but <laughs> or i don't want to say resistant because i didn't i was just like she wasn't really resistant she was just kind of not like reluctant like okay yeah i'll do it you know <laughs> well shout out to linda from boston for doing that <laughs> What's your go-to karaoke song? I usually try to avoid karaoke, uh, <laughs> but I think that same night that he was that we did the the Chad Kroger thing, I think I did like maybe like a Blink song just because it's easy. Okay. Uh, I mean, like What's they, my they had like or rock show. Art, yeah, like uh, one of those because like. We come from a hick town, so like the karaoke was like a lot of just like butt rock and just like hick, like country songs. And I was like, I don't know any of these fucking things. Another one that I always find to know that's on a lot of karaoke lists is uh, "Make Damn Sure" by Taking Back Sunday. Mm. I I'll usually do that one, or maybe like I'll try to find something like Weezer or something like that. You know? Yeah. I always think of like the video of uh, it's like an older gentleman that does uh, Down with the Sickness by Disturbed 
Oh yeah. And he does like the <laughs> oh wah like right at the beginning. It's just that no one can pull off. Oh yeah, except the guy from Disturbed. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how he keeps his job. He's like, I this is like cushion right here. Like no one else can do this. <laughs> cushion. Job security, that's what I meant. Yes, Job security. Yes. There we go. <laughs> no, I knew what you meant when you said cushion, but... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for at least understanding what my buzz <laughs> self is saying. Um, speaking about being buzzed, uh, we've talked about the EP, we've talked about what's possibly on the horizon uh, and coming next, but this is Beers with Bands, and I've always been drinking... Wes, what are you drinking on your end on this fine Monday night? I am having a nice uh, New Belgium Voodoo Ranger IPA. Um, a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of like, a lot of people like to talk shit on IPAs. <laughs> um, and, but I really like IPAs. Like I drink IPAs. I just, I just, I don't know. I like them. They're, I like the bitterness of them. Um, I'm, I'm really big fan of that. Like St. Louis is actually a really big beer. Like we have a, a ton of breweries here. Um, I mean, it's the home of Anheuser-Busch. Um, so, you know, we have a very, really big brewery where they, they literally are like brewing Bud Light right now, like like less than five minutes away from me, like for the entire country. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, it, 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 you know, we have a big brewery here and it's it's like, uh, but we also have a ton of microbreweries and um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a really big fan of uh, Four Hands Brewery here in St. Louis. Um, they have some awesome, I mean, not only IPAs, but just they're always doing kind of different stuff. And um, it's a cool, they're really supportive of like different things in the community. There's another uh, brewery here called Heavy Riff that's really cool. Um, and they have uh, they have a this beer called Love Gum and Love Gun, and it's like a cream ale or something like that, and it's really good too. So Ooh. this is like I, I just get this because it's like one of the only IPAs that's like right by my studio where I practice. There's a, a liquor store like literally in the park, like shares a parking lot, and so usually I will like walk over there and get a six pack of this, and um, like you know have a couple beers whenever I'm like playing at my studio um are you a big seltzer person at all uh I, yeah so we got into this big kick uh especially like when white claws were rolling out and everything we, like we got big into seltzers uh i actually did the for the 50th episode we did like um we bought like four different brands of seltzers and just kind of just went through them all in the episode oh man were you were you still standing by the end of it yeah like we took we took it easy uh <laughs> <laughs> there, there's some like really shit like if anyone remembers that episode don't ever buy the corona seltzers they are terrible uh because they they don't mix their flavors properly it doesn't make any sense uh just throwing that out there see i'm a big um uh, I, I i like white claw um i actually like the bud light seltzers pretty like um yeah they're not bad they're not bad for a seltzer and they they did um my favorite one that bud light does is they did a uh, a christmas version where they had like an eggnog flavored seltzer and like a, a cranberry one and um like 
a, some kind of gingerbread or some it, like it, every the last two Christmases I bought like Bud Light Seltzer holiday edition like <laughs> out the wazoo because I just really like them. Um, but my favorite my favorite seltzer is uh, and I don't really drink it until the summer. Um, it's truly tropical. Uh, it's the truly um, fruit punch the truly punch pack because it's got you've got fruit punch yeah. you've got tropical uh, I think there's a grape or a berry and then a citrus and like I'm really big into like my favorite candies are like Skittles and Starburst sweet tarts like I really like kind of the fruity flavored candy and I love um, fruit punch like the fruit punch flavored truly like I mean you could literally just if I could have a nonstop supply of that in, in my fridge for like the rest of my life, I would just drink, I would just drink fruit punch flavored truly like all the time. <laughs> and, and not, not because I don't want to sound like, because I, I want to drink a lot of alcohol. It's like, I just really like the taste of it too. Like, right. I think, and it's perfect for the summer. Like as soon as it starts getting warm here in St. Louis, like, end of may early june like it's gonna be seltzer boy summer for sure so <laughs> dude i feel you uh there, like there's a there's another brand called vizzy v-i-z-z-y that yeah, kind of does that. like another one of those packs they're also really good uh, i have you tried the topo chico one yet i have not i've been wanting I to i haven't gotten my hands on it yet i haven't tried it either and um I heard somebody somebody on my Instagram said that it was really bad, but then another friend of mine said that it was really mm. good. So I'm like, okay, I've got two opposite ends of the spectrum here. Right. I, I did get my hands on the PBR seltzers, and I unfortunately, as much as I love PBRs, I do have to say <laughs> they were actually really terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> like, well, as long as you still love PBR beer, you're good. Oh yeah, like sixteen ounce, uh, twenty four pack at my local liquor store every every time. So. See, the only thing for me is like like PBR. I used to drink the shit out of PBR when I was younger. Like, and I still really love PBR as a brand, but it gives me a headache sometimes. Even if I just have like like two or three of them, it like the next morning. I don't know. As I got older, it just started giving me a headache in the morning. I, I don't know why, but. <laughs> So I haven't had PBR in a while, but, but if, if it's like, it depends on what, like, we also, you know, some, this is Anheuser-Busch, like, you know, is here in St. Louis, like, um, a, a beer equivalent to PBR is just regular Bush beer. Like, you know, there's yeah. a lot of that here in, in South City, St. Louis. Like, so when I went to a show the other night, like a local show, and like, I drink like 16 ounce Bush beers, you know, and it's kind of the same thing. So um just kind of that right. economy like you know your go-to like hey if i'm if i'm and you can drink several of them without like getting too hammered you know what i mean <laughs> like like this is this is a seven percent alcohol beer like you know you drink three of these i mean <laughs> watch out <laughs> <laughs> You drink it, you, but you drink three beers that are half the alcohol content of this, and it's not that bad, you know. Like, yeah. There's a reason you can drink like six PBRs at a show and still feel fine, uh, and especially since you get an Uber home, anyways. 
For sure, for sure. Do do you are you a big um do you like IPAs? Uh IPAs are like one of those things that take some time to get into. Um they can't be like too hoppy and like get that like full aftertaste otherwise they're like I can usually only go through like one and then I'm like all right like that's my IPA for like the month. Uh but like yesterday week we went around to a few different breweries and kind of like brewery hopped um which is where I got my nice little crowler of from Omni Brewing in Maple Grove, Minnesota, uh, for any locals. Uh, this is just their lager, but I did pick up one of their IPAs because it was actually really good when I was there. Um, but yeah, like IPAs for me are like hit or miss if I'm gonna enjoy it or not. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I have another question for you. Uh, yeah. What, what what's the punk scene like in Minneapolis? Uh, it's pretty good. I, I've, I mean, I haven't gone to shows that much recently since it's kind of been colder, you know, more chances of like, we've been on mass mandates and all that stuff. And, uh, but when I finally got to go to shows over the summer, it was like a really good scene. Um, and thankfully I moved in where I, where the people I live with and who I kind of moved to the cities to hang out with, they're all kind of like intertwined with the scene. So it kind of makes it a lot nicer. Um, but there seems to be a really good uh, like punk scene up here. What are some bands like I know I know like um, oh well do you, are you familiar with unsigned pop punk? Oh yeah uh, yeah yeah uh, yeah. So his it, yeah Pat's from up here and I his actual band um, Cities Never Sleep was actually on an episode. Oh, okay, okay, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I know that they're from there, and, like, of course I know some of the bigger, like, um, like The Replacements is one band that I know is from Minneapolis, but, like, um, you know, is kind of legend is like a legendary band. Like, what are some other bands that have come out of there? Right. Uh, Dillinger 4 is from up here. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think who else uh tightwire they're i mean they're kind of making their way bigger they're they're from up here um and then there's just like a lot of good like solid like local punk bands that are up here like there's the right here there's lost leader uh from up here uh dingus they've been around for like ever uh and they're super sick um and then like a uh, supportive parents are from up here like a lot of bands that seem to be up here are kind of like the older generation where they're not as much gonna like tour but they're gonna like just play a a bunch of sick ass shows up here is what it kind of seems like yeah that's dope yeah yeah I'm definitely ready for it to kind of warm up and like so I can feel okay with like going back to shows again it's tough man like I like I went like I said I went to a show this last weekend and the last I hadn't been to a show since for probably a little over like almost six weeks like I hadn't went to another to another show since December because we had you know there was a huge like COVID spike not just in St. Louis but like kind of all over the country and um you know I I really like I just try to play it safe you know um especially I have like I don't want to get it you know I want to spread you know like that kind of thing so right you know so when it, whenever there's like a lot of people you know I was seeing a lot of my friends like oh I got COVID I got COVID 
you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to lay low for a little while and like not go out to a show. And now I think, um, you know, I've been paying attention and, and cases have gone down like quite a bit. Like, unfortunately, um, you know, I don't want to hear any, like, it's sad that anybody, this whole situation is just <laughs> crazy. You know what I mean? With, with COVID and all that and how it just keeps changing. And um, I do think that now, um, you know, cases have went down a little bit and it, it's starting to get warmer out and people are starting to come out a little bit more. Um, and I myself just feel more comfortable about going out to shows, you know, so, but I understand, you know, especially as I'm promoting and trying to get people to come out, sometimes people are like, oh, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't feel comfortable coming out. Like I, I, you know, and I get, I totally get that. I totally get that. You know, and I'm hoping that we're coming out of this situation and that, you know, things will go back to closer to how they were before all this happened. <laughs> right. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we might just be in this, this phase where, you know, people are requiring masks and basket vaccinations, like at the door, we might be in this, in this phase for a while. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's okay. Like, you know, if, if, as long as I can still play a show, if people have to wear masks while they're there and show a negative COVID test or a vaccination card in order for it to be safe and like, you know, for the well-being of the people there, then I'm cool with that. Like, you know, we, we did have a show in October and like, I mean, I'm really thankful we had over a hundred people there and it was awesome, you know? So like, um, but I also understand when people are like, oh, I just don't, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not really going out much. Like I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time though, it's kind of nice. Cause like, I remember when like the, we, like the venues up here started requiring, um, like vax cards to be shown and stuff you weed out a lot of people that aren't there for the show they're they're like so you end up with like the crowd that you have is there because they want to actually be there and support you we're like sometimes not everyone's there you know yeah i i would agree with that it's like the people are definitely putting more effort into like oh i really want to come out and see this show you know so yeah um Nope, lost that thought. So <laughs> that's okay. Uh, that happens all we, the time. We kind of got we kind uh, of got serious there for a minute. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks. If you're still with us, thanks. Thanks for staying sticking with uh, through those through those serious moments. But that's okay because now we're in the later half of these episodes, which are my favorite part of the episodes, um, because this is where I just have my guests, you know, tell some fun stories from their time in music. Uh, it can be with their current project, previous projects, time recording, at shows, um, anything horrendous to tremendous or any adjective in between. Okay, okay. Uh, just anything? Like, do you, do you have any, like, you know, a question or anything like that? Or uh, I, can, I can get some prompts here. Um, I can definitely say I, I do have a couple of things to just kind of like touch on. Um, one of our our like our most recent memories was was last weekend when we recorded um, those acoustic songs, and um, you know we had all the guys in the studio, and uh, we we did a lot of like group vocals, uh, like background vocals, you know, where it kind of sounds like we're sitting sitting around a campfire like singing it together. And um, I just had a moment when we heard it back in the headphones. Like, I, I literally almost started crying. I got goosebumps. I, I started laughing. Like, 
that was just such a cool moment to kind of like hear it. It's still cool when you hear, when you hear it come to life. You know what I mean? Right. No, yeah, that's like I I can imagine, like obviously how we mentioned like I've never been on that side of the process, but I can just imagine like from what I've seen, taking everything, piecing it together, and just hearing that full playback once it's all like spliced in is just probably just insane and surreal yeah it's awesome it's it's such a cool feeling um and then and it's like it just continues to get better from there like once it's all mixed and mastered and like it's like oh wow this is way better than i thought it was gonna be so um yeah and then we are uh you know i'm really excited because we are getting ready to go uh on a, a couple little like touring weekends um like long weekends um so in april we're playing with this band you may know them they're called fluorescence they're based out of chicago i don't know if you've so they're they're like a pop punk band and then um there's another band from here in wichita kansas called stay the course and we're doing like a little three-week tour with them like uh, over the weekend so i'm really looking forward to that like that's in april that's april 9th 10th and 11th i think 8th 9th and 10th and then um we're doing another weekend in like um you know where we're gonna head to like indy and nashville and, and cincinnati and stuff like that too so we're heading like both directions um you know from st louis so i'm really excited about both of those but we did go to kansas city um like a couple of years ago th- you know like three years ago and um you know this, we were we were a three-piece at the time so it was just like the three of us uh, me jacob our bass player and uh has our drummer and we just had a blast man like um it, it's so much fun like i just love being on the road like just driving in the car with those guys like trading stories laughing like you know then that night we we rented an airbnb and stayed in there and like we stayed up until they stayed up way later than me they stayed up till like two or three in the morning or something like that i i, I had to go to bed at like midnight like i just can't like we made sure we ordered a pizza before in like true pop punk fashion like we ordered a pizza and like you know i had a couple pieces and then i was like oh dude i have to pass out but i woke up in the middle of the night to like jacob just cracking up laughing like about something (laughs) um I mean, yeah, we, we have a good time, man. Like we're, we're a fun, I feel like we're a fun band. Like, I, I feel like that's something that's never lost in, in music and that I, I never, I, I always want to have fun with it. Like, I never want to take it too, too seriously. I think you do have to take it seriously to a degree if you want people to like, listen to you and, and you want it to be taken seriously. But like, we also, we never forget to have fun. You know, all of our practices are like so fun. So no, that's that's awesome. Like, if if I mean, you're having that much fun during practices, I can only imagine how fun you guys are ha- how much fun you guys are having during a live performance. Oh so, yeah, like that'd be amazing to see. Yeah, dude, we have we. I, I feel like we have a great live show. Like, you know, we jump around a lot and like uh, we get the crowds involved and and like sing in people's faces and and try to get them singing along. And um, yeah, we've had you know we've only played two shows. You know, so like pre-pan pre-pandemic, like our band was a little bit different. We were a three-piece, like we were kind of doing just like the fast, like three-piece punk thing. And now, you know, we have four people in the band. It adds a little bit more depth, and like 
our our sound has like matured and changed a little bit so um but we all just have a great time and like i think it was not too long ago we had a um it was before before christmas we had a practice where like i think everyone in the band brought uh, like some form of beer <laughs> to practice <laughs> and um you know we we all drank beer and like like later on that night we were just like we were i think we played the set like one time through and then we all just sat around and talked like and had a good time and just you know hung out and and i think that's important it's like you know you never want to feel i i just always really prefer to be in bands with people that i'm like friends with you know what i mean and it's always way more fun that way oh yeah like you don't as much as you're there to like do music and stuff you don't want it to feel i don't know like like a job because it's more what you're doing as your as your outlet so you obviously want to have like people that are there to have fun with for sure for sure and sometimes you do have to say like okay all right let's get down to it let's finish these songs and then like you know we can hang out and and like sometimes it's like let's just really get some practice time in but for the most part it's like you know when you're doing with people that you're having fun with it just makes it that much if you're doing with people that are your friends it just makes it that much more special and, and exciting to me for sure me and me and um our bass player jacob um like we've been playing music off and on together for 20 years and um we, we've been in multiple different bands together and you know we've been friends for a really long time so it's really cool to me that that we're you know after all this time we're still doing some music together in like some form you know yeah yeah i think i saw in the the mini documentary that you guys put out you guys been friends since like 18 uh, yeah and, and shit which is like one great that everything's lasted but that you guys are still playing music together so absolutely absolutely yeah it's like it's it's so cool and i really do get you know when we're when we're like playing on stage like it's really cool to look over and just be like oh man i remember when we i literally remember when we were 18 and 19 and like playing together and now we're still doing it all these years later it's just it's really cool and special so i don't have really any like horrendous stories or um i would say like the biggest show that i ever did um two of the biggest shows was we opened for reliant k one time um we opened for reliant k and we opened for five iron frenzy uh those are two different shows and those were both like borderline a thousand people i want to say like um you know around like seven or eight hundred people so and those were both huge shows like it was so much fun um uh those are both really exciting that was like when i was younger um uh yeah i don't know i'm trying to think <laughs> no like that's that's okay like uh, i think someone told me uh because like I, I run into this thing too where like i have like from my time out on the road like i have a decent amount of stories but they're always like good stories there's not really like anything horrendous uh and someone told me like be happy that you don't have those horrendous moments because that means that everything went the way it was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely had our fair share of shows where like, you know, you have technical difficulties and stuff like that, but nothing like terrible. I mean, we, you know, there, there were some shows on the, on the road when I was younger where like there was just nobody there. And like, <laughs> we, we played at this place in, in, ohio called bernie's distillery and it was like a 
basically just like a bar in a basement and um there was nobody there and then we got paired up with this band called reverend glass eye and his wooden legs and <laughs> what they were kind of like this dropkick murphy's style like punk band and they were actually really good and like right after we played they played and a bunch of people showed up <laughs> And um, but they were they were really cool. Um, uh, I went and saw one of the one cool show. I do have just a cool show uh, in general. It's like I went and saw Bayside, like in early two thousand three in, in Little Rock, Arkansas. They were like the opening band for uh, Glass Eater, which was like a, a band on Victory Records. And I mean, this was like before Bayside's first full length album was even out. Like they had just been signed to Victory Records and. Um, that was a really, really cool show. And I, I really, I've always been a big Bayside fan because of that. Um, and I mean, they had their old bass player, like an old drummer, like, like basically an original lineup and like, you know, they, I thought they were a really cool band at the time. And, and I still do. I still like every time they put out a new album, I listen to it. I really like a lot of their songs. So, um, and then it's, so it was really cool to see them play at this, like, pizza place in um little rock arkansas to now like i've seen them play festivals like in atlanta and dallas to like thousands of people you know what i mean and it, it's really cool to like i've seen their humble beginnings to like where they are now you know and i think it just kind of proves that, like you know if you put the work in and you, and you do it like i'm sure when they played that show it they they were probably really excited like <clears throat> But they kept working and look where they are now you know right you know yeah it's always amazing to think like oh yeah i remember when i saw so-and-so play like a fucking packed basement in a house and now they're like opening for like arena tours so they have their own arena tours going on like it's always amazing to have those moments um and just be able to be like i was i was kind of there like yeah when they did that Dude. I saw Fallout Boy at one of our venues here. It's not around anymore. It was called the Creepy Crawl. And it literally held like maybe 300 people. If you got 100 people in there, it was like packed. Um, but, you know, I think the capacity was like two to 300. And Fallout Boy played there and it was sold out. And there were like people that just wanted to like, like they were, they were just blowing up at the time. And it was like Fallout Boy, Armor for Sleep, and some other um band i can't remember the whole tour but um i think maybe even bayside it might have been bayside um they were just blowing up and people were just like wanted to be in the parking lot so they could like literally hear through the walls like you know that fallout boy was playing it was it was wild man like um and i remember i didn't get a ticket i didn't get to go inside but like i was standing at the window of the venue like like i could see them playing through the window and i was just like this is so fucking cool and like fallout boy is huge now you know like they're just right. they're a huge name like um they're all over like mtv you know i mean i don't they don't sound like <laughs> a pop punk band anymore <laughs> i mean no offense you're like, not you're not wrong so it's okay <laughs> I mean, they just don't sound like they used to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they've changed, like, it's no secret, you know? Um, so, 
but I mean, it was so cool to, to like have been a part of that too and be like, oh man, I saw them when like, they were really blowing up, you know, we're like when Take This To Your Grave came out, I was just like, holy shit, you know? Um, and they're just from like Chicago, they're from Chicago, so. Right. Yeah, no, like there's definitely a lot of bands that I wish I could have experienced when they were on like that blowing up and like come up and everything. Cause like, I don't think I got into Bayside until probably like Killing Time was already out. Um, and like, just using them as an example since you saw them the, those few times, but like, there's so few bands that I've seen like on that rise. There's there's some that I've seen kind of do it like Knuckle Puck. I've, I've got yeah. the chance to see them in small venues. Um, knock Loose right before they kind of fully blew up. I got oh, to see them a couple times, but like, to see like the ones that I've been listening to for like ever, like like a Bayside or like a Fall Out Boy, like that'd be just insane. To just like time travel back to the, those moments and just yeah. see that fucking happen. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's super cool to have like been a, have have been a part of that, have those memories. Um, I did see Knuckle Puck. I interviewed them. Like we we've hit, have interviewed Kevin from Knuckle Puck a couple of times in one of my old podcasts, and we talked to them before Copacetic even mm. came out. Uh, um, this was like I want to say 2015, and they had a show here in St. Louis, and it was at this place called the Firebird, and there were not a ton of people there. Like there, there was maybe 50 people there. I want to say like, there wasn't a ton of people there. And, but the people that were there, like really loved knuckle puck. It was like knuckle right. puck, Way, and a couple other bands. Um, but they, you know, they hadn't even put out their full, first full length album yet. And, um, you know, now knuckle puck, like w- the last time I saw them that they came to St. Louis, they were opening for four years strong. And there was like a ton of people you know it was like almost a sold out show like it was insane yeah. so it's really cool to see like them as well and then um what was that other band that you uh knuckle puck and um uh knock loose that's who i mentioned oh yeah so i'm not a super huge like hardcore metal fan or anything like that but uh my podcast went on warp tour in 2017 we like did a few dates like early on in the tour and like interviewed a bunch of bands on our podcast and knock loose was like all the rage like that was like all anybody was talking about was like yeah was like knock loose movements trophy eyes and boston manor were like Mm. the 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 four bands and creeper was kind of like i don't know if you know creeper but like they're they're one of those bands that like everybody was kind of talking about like oh yeah you need to go see these like new bands that are like you know this is their first warp tour or something like that like you know go check them out and then now like knock loose is like so huge you know right. <laughs> like i feel like they're like one of the biggest like heavy music bands out there yeah like they like their rise is so great uh especially like my friend's old band like they they were label mates technically for a while so like we had it's sort of like my claim to fame is like i'm in a picture with all the dudes that knock loose but there's also like 70 other people in the same picture <laughs> and you can't even see me in it but i'm in it uh but yeah like i saw them they did they were on the tour with uh counterparts and gideon and they were like one of the either first or second acts to play and then the next time they came through our area they were like it was their own little headline like hey we're just playing small venues type deal and it was just super sick so like they're just another band that's just killing it yeah absolutely dude counterparts is dope too oh fuck yeah (laughs) counterparts is like one of my favorite bands of all time i love i love that um like anything any any point from um what's like 
uh, what's the name of that? Nothing Left to Love, I think. Oh, yeah, Nothing Left to Love was good. My favorite record, and some people might, I don't think anyone will disagree with me on this one, is uh, The Difference Between Hell and Home. That was the one that got me like hooked on Counterparts, and it'll always be like my favorite one. Okay, so I, I have not listened to that one yet. Um, the one that I was thinking about is called You're Not You Anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so that's that was like a couple albums before. Um, Tragedy Will Find Us, I've listened to that one also. Um, but the one that really hooked me was that You're Not You Anymore in 2017. And then um, Nothing Left to Love was really good too. See, I, I really like when they go... Um, and I don't know if they if they do this on the difference between hell and, and home. Um, I really like when the like I like their heavy parts, but I really like when they kind of go to this like soaring, like melodic, like beautiful sounding, like just droning, like you know. And and maybe there's a cool riff. One of my favorite songs by them is um, "Rope." Okay. And 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 he's just like fucking shredding on the guitar like like just playing these awesome riffs but it's also like a really melodic like beautiful sounding chord like they can they're one of those bands that can be so heavy but sound like so melodic and like you know they're just they're a fucking awesome band they're oh, so yeah. good one yeah. of the best yeah i love them I, I like seeing them live too they're really fun live yeah I, i've only gotten to see them live once and it was so great because afterwards i got to like talk to brendan for a little bit which i was like fangirling the entire time uh because he's like even the, like if anyone follows brendan's twitter like he's just like tweets like the craziest shit half the time but he's like still like the nicest fucking most humble dude i've ever met yeah absolutely yeah i've met him one time too and, and yeah he was totally that way like and just really into like early 2000s metalcore <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, we talked. We talked the new EP. We talked our love. I, th- I let me let me see if I can list this all. We talked our love for Forever Came Calling, Knuckle Puck, uh, some Knock Loose in there, Counterparts, Bayside, uh, and a little bit of love for uh, Fall Out Boy. You know when they were actually like pop punk and we're Fall Out Boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but at the end of the day, this whole episode is about Wes Hoffman and friends and. One, thank you again so much for reaching out to be a part of an episode, because it does mean a lot that anyone gives a shit and wants to be a part of these. But I always like to leave these these episodes on like a high note, as to, well, yeah, just like a high note, I guess. But so Wes, I'll ask you for twenty 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 two kind of being fresh. It's all new. What do you expect to see, or what should we expect to see to see from Wes Hoffman and friends either this year or in the future? Um, I would definitely say like, look for us hitting the road. Um, you know, I would hope that it within 2022 or 2023 that we'll make it up to Minneapolis, that we'll make it up that way at some point. Um, you know, we're from the Midwest, so we're kind of trying, there's a lot of cities around us that we can make, make it to within a day's drive. Um, like Nashville, Indiana, Memphis, um, Kansas city, even like, you know, Iowa City, the Quad City areas, Chicago, like we can make it to a lot of those places. So we're going to be doing a lot of little weekend trips, um, maybe some festivals, that type of thing. And um, 
definitely look for a full-length album soon because uh it's already in the works baby fucking hell yeah dude uh if you thank you listened... michael for for having me this was so much fun dude like this is this like i really enjoy this and i feel like i'm just talking you have a great vibe about you and i just feel like i'm talking to like a friend you know what i mean this is just oh, fun. thank you so much uh well no like thank you again for being on like you even mentioned at the beginning we're gonna be friends and we are friends like we just spent like an hour and a half talking to each other like this like t- next week i'm coming down i'm gonna be at your house like we're just gonna you know just party it up hell yeah let's do it <laughs> <laughs> uh, if anyone is looking for merch music or you guys in general where can they find it um i would say you know check out our band camp that's where you can get all of our music and our merch um we if this is coming out in april we will have new merch up by this point we got um some new t-shirts some tank tops um you know we we've also uh have our cassettes up which are um put out with the record label and wrecking crew records so those will be up on our um band camp page as well uh you can also get the different variants at like the recordspace.com or uh wrecking crew records website as well um so you can get the cassettes there um yeah i think that's it oh and and you know just listen to us you can listen to us on all the streaming platforms apple music deezer title spotify amazon music pandora like whatever you listen to you know uh yeah do you have spotify or or are you an apple music or i i'm more of an apple music guy i did finally get a spotify because i uh along with the episodes now i started especially since i took like a hiatus from like all of january and pretty much all of february i was like i need to do something so i started a uh playlist on spotify if anyone has has not seen it um basically i put on like three songs from each band that has been on an episode uh, and just gets added to the playlist and then it i think i'm up to like 154 songs right now because i've just nice because everyone that's been on is so killer that i just add their shit every time nice i like it so yeah, not only can you go listen to their uh, Wes Hoffman on their own streaming sites, you can also find some of the songs in the playlist, which will be updated the same day that this episode comes out. So keep an eye Woo-hoo! out for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome, dude. Yeah, well, if we ever come up to Minneapolis, which I think we will, like, sometime within the near future, we definitely need to, like, link up and, you know go get a pizza or something for the show or oh dude fuck it you let me know we'll have a couple beers we'll do like an in we'll do a whole live episode too like we'll i'll be at the show we'll we'll figure it out hell yeah hell yeah um on that thank you again so much for for reaching out um and like i normally say if you or anyone you know should be on an episode of beers with bands feel free to reach out this fine gentleman reached out and we got it all set up uh putting out sick tunes go listen to uh the new ep and keep your eyes peeled for not only the acoustic versions but also that full length coming sometime in the future (laughs) yes yes Uh, (laughs) and on that note i'll catch everyone on the next episode see ya peace and dreary like last summer seems so far away your 
Chest out a little bit prouder, and I hope that you love me just the same. You've got my number, it's pretty easy to find. I think I've got some time to What's left of me? 